Welcome to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast reviewing every episode of NBC's Parks and Recreation. I'm Katie. I'm Jacob. And Jacob, you sound so much better. I know. It's probably because I've been sleeping better. I don't think that's it. I feel like that the the computer processing your audio has been dramatically improved in some fashion. I have embraced the power of the dark side and purchased myself a Mac, yes. Uh, this is such an Apple-friendly podcast now. It is. Yes. Great. Look at the diversity. <laughs> Three yes. white people on Macs. Diversity is definitely <laughs> what we're bringing to this. So this week, we're talking about <laughs> Season 3, Episode 16, Lil Sebastian. This is the finale of Season 3, which I did not do my homework, and I did not look up why there's only 16 episodes in this season. Wasn't the show delayed to mid-season this year? Because of Amy Poehler's pregnancy. Right. Oh, uh, was that one of... That would make sense chronologically. I know it also happens later on, I think, but... That would, I, that would I think sense. later on it's because of ratings and the network isn't willing to shell out for 22 episodes a season, right. but they, they'll, they'll gladly have 17 half-hour slots filled in their calendar. It's, it's kind of the nature of living on the bubble, right? Yeah. Like, often they'll, they'll not get the full order, but will still get renewed, like when the, the home builders organization, you know, cuts their order. I don't understand that reference. I was part. It was. It, 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 it was Arrested Development. It's fine. Uh, I have not another seen... show that lived on the bubble. Quite yeah. yeah. Yes. Is yes. Hey, has anybody watched the recut and reorganized season four of Arrested Development? No. I, no. Yeah. I, I know that happened like yesterday or something. Uh. So yeah. No. I have not watched it yet, though. I have heard from people that it is better, though. Yeah, like the fourth season of Arrested Development was really kind of cool in the way they broke everybody out into their own stories and then tried to ring them all together at the end, but eh, it didn't really work. It was yeah, a cool I idea. I remember not being not that work. excited. Yeah. It was also very early in Netflix's TV show thing when they were being way too flexible in terms of episode to episode runtime length like certain episodes were 20 minutes others were like 40 yeah and 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 that show does not lend itself to one character at a time like tobias is best used as a a little intermittent joke not a lead character for 30 minutes at a stretch that would be like giving jerry his own episode it just hey guys wouldn't work. i thought tobias carried his his plot line in infinity war pretty well <laughs> You know who I thought did a great job was John Ralphio in the beginning of this episode of Parks and Recreation. Oh, why are you talking about this. that? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just John a- Ralphio never does a good job. I know. I I, I was like, oh, Kirk's going to be so mad that he's even like on no, screen. What makes me mad is he got hit by a Lexus and he wasn't killed. Like they had an opportunity to have a very special episode right. that taught <laughs> like, us the importance of death. This is like when Pete Campbell went into the forest and somehow was not mauled by a bear. Right. Um, I do think that maybe there is some some retconning in our future because this is not how John Ralphio makes his money, as I understand it. But I could. This is how John Ralphio makes the money that he has access to right now. now. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Uh, as I recall, the other money is strangely structured in how old he has to be to access it. So, John Ralphio has not aged well. Like, I, there were all kinds of problems with John Ralphio when this aired, which I am sure we are going to get into, but, like, dear God, is it even worse in 2018. Yeah, I also, the Entertainment 720 plotline is one of my least favorite Parks and Rec plotlines, and so even just watching this beginning part, and I was like, oh no, here we go. Like, <laughs> how much money did he get? Like, <laughs> he did not seem to be seriously injured, unfortunately. Right. But multiple like hundreds of millions of dollars if you draw this out. Yeah. He he had a real good lawyer. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if the ramp <laughs> up for his business costs anything like what it looks like it costs, right. he should have, you know, basically ran out of money after about seventy two hours. Also, most states have caps on the amount that you can actually be awarded for these types of things. Even if a jury returns a crazy large verdict, there's actually a cap on what you can get, and it's probably not in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you really think that Indiana's the kind of state that would have a cap like that? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Yes. <laughs> I do. Indiana's okay, so- a state that might prohibit you from being able to criminally seek retribution. Um, most importantly, devastatingly, little Sebastian has died. I feel like Leslie could have been more gentle in breaking the news. <laughs> yeah. <to her>. yeah. <laughs> Also, did nobody look at the poster as she brought it in? Right, right. Like, it has a black ribbon on it. It says R.I.P. Yeah, printed on it. It's not like it's just <laughs> hanging there. Um, I do so, really enjoy Ron's reaction. Yeah. Half-mast is too high. Show some damned respect. I, I mean, with half a horse, it's worth being only half as high. Uh, but he's dead. He's in heaven, eating carrots and urinating freely. So the janitor walks in during the moment of silence <laughs> with right. a with a wrist not a wrist a, a waist radio that plays music loudly that like how would you let somebody do that who would do that Does he not have headphones on No, it's just no. blaring no, through it's the like headphones? he's got the little oh. it's, it's coming out of the speaker on the front of the of the walkman <laughs> like an old school boombox <laughs> on his hip I I don't know I guess, I mean, if there's not a specific regulation about it, and nobody's complained. Look, everybody loves DJ Roomba, and he does the exact same thing. Right, yeah, DJ right. Roomba doesn't come to the office, though. <laughs> well, he did that one time. I actually just was catching up in my head to how similar that is to DJ Roomba, and that was a pretty good joke, Jacob. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> the music selection was a little different than DJ Roomba's. That's true. Although, who doesn't love them some Shania? I mean... Andy's digging it. Yeah. Today, we love Shania? No, I know. She said some stuff. It was bad. But, like, (laughs) 10-year-old Katie really dug her some Shania Twain, and it's hard to let that go. Can we not appreciate artists occasionally who have problematic views? Yes, of course we can. Of course we can. Hashtag free Roseanne. (laughs) Hashtag Kanye. (laughs) (laughs) We... We get a we get a kind of awkward uh, joke that Leslie makes here about uh, willing or unwilling sexual partners for little Sebastian. That was definitely an 
oof, I, that, that did not land well moment. Oh man, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Did not even take that down as a note. What joke did she say? She said something about his many sexual partners, both willing and unwilling. Oh. Like, well, like what, what, what she hoped he had was a consensual sexual partner, but that since yeah. he's a horse, they yeah. pretty much had to do it anyway. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It All right. Didn't feel great. Yeah. So Chris has tendinitis. Yep, and he's going to die. <laughs> you are literally the meanest person I have ever met. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I imagine is just Rob Lowe's reaction to aging because he doesn't do it physically. Right. It was probably really hard for him to act that scene. Like, they probably had to explain to him that other people get older and look older and therefore experience this kind of anxiety. Like, I doubt he could tap into it himself. He sees other people age. But we don't notice it, right? You ever look at a picture of you and your friends from, like, 15 years ago, and only then do you realize how much you have all aged? Yes. But when you're actually there with them... As it's happening, nobody notices. Right. No, that's true. Nope. Um, <laughs> but he could just get in a time machine and go back to being 20. <laughs> yeah, I definitely... I, I do that sometimes. Yeah. We, I think we all, we know this person. Who that's like eight accept. months for you, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to being 20? No. Yeah. It's like... How old am I? It is almost three years. That's almost three years. Well, to go back to being 20 would be 13 years. But okay. The math seemed a little suspect there all yeah. of a sudden. Wait, what? In my 20s. Ah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, okay, also... Hands, so, hands off is being moved. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, as a part-time nurse employee, she gets to have... An office all to herself in this city that is struggling with a crushing financial crisis. Also, her office mate moving feels like he should have forced her to move given the horrendous things she did. Yes. He didn't seem like a fighter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of budget concerns, the Parks Department is responsible for throwing the funeral for little Sebastian. Well, it's going to take place in a park, and they're responsible for everything that happens in a park. Okay. That makes I, no sense, but I'm asserting it. <laughs> I'll go with it. it Everything the light touches is our kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Ron wants something that would rival a Super Bowl halftime show, but for less than $600. <laughs> Up with people it is. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Andy has to write a song like Candle in the Wind, but 5,000 5, times, times better, better for 50 bucks. Right. Okay. Okay. You know what? I want to be clear that where you live shouldn't determine how much you get paid. I've done good work while sleeping on other people's couches before, and futons. You should still be paid a living wage. You've done good work? Uh, I, I, I did a sum for you at one point. Mm, okay. Uh, so, Leslie tries to write uh, a little note to Ben. Yeah. In the middle of this meeting, and it backfires terribly, which, like, come on, Leslie. He's sitting down, even. Like, right. You could, like, literally, she could sit down at that meeting, lean over, and write it on his piece of paper, and it would be more stealth than trying to, like, write it ahead of time and plan out which piece of paper he was going to get. And then to hand it to Jerry, of all people. Right. Yeah. 
Right. Cube butt. Cube butt. So at a later meeting, Ben makes a sarcastic remark about little Sebastian. Oh, yeah, that is what my next... I was like, what is this note? (laughs) Permits are cleared for the horse funeral. (laughs) What was that tone? (laughs) Yeah, it's a really good scene. It was really good. And then Tom wants to let Entertainment 720 do pro bono, uh, pro bono work on the memorial, which Ron objects to. And Tom's argument is, this guy just started a business. He's my friend, and I want us to help him out. Isn't that exactly what he got in trouble with? Right. You know, doing three episodes ago? Ethics, Tom. Ethics. This, is, this is not a great episode for ethics. Oh, our, nope. <laughs> our core group here. Um, he is correct that John Raphael is a clown who should yes. not be allowed to do anything. Right. I, Actually, I would I would say I would be willing to let John Raphael be the loser of the coin flip on that TV show, Open Heart Surgery, that uh, he proposed. It. I, I do think Ron's "It's not double coupon night at a strip club" line is pretty good, though. Yeah. Um. So we we kind of already touched on Chris, but he runs into Ann Perkins and is so upset about his tendonitis that he then wants to see if little Sebastian had tendonitis. I'm dying. (laughs) I'll check the chart. (laughs) Death is inescapable. (laughs) Uh, Pretty people don't know they're going to die, too. I know, I know. I've definitely, like, everything about Chris Traeger is just, like, a amalgamation of, like, three people that I know in real life, and it's really great. Two people. It's two people I know in real life. <laughs> okay, good to know. Very specific. Very specific. Well, because you guys could think of both of them. We're not going to do it right now, but offline, you guys could pretty easily pinpoint both of them. I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> Okay, but then we find out that dun-dun-dun-dun, Ron knows <gasps> about Leslie and Ben. Yes. I do like Amy Poehler's acting here in this reaction shot. Because <laughs> I don't, it wasn't like a lot of different takes. I mean, it wasn't all one take, but she had to do a lot of that just sort of yep. spontaneously. I... Um, she turns into a White House spokesman. With oh, that was my joke! I was, I was just waiting, but I had written down, this is Sarah Huckabee Sanders at every press conference. I had Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. Uh, no, Same. never compare Leslie Nope to Kellyanne Conway. Uh, I kind of think this is more Conway. That Sanders is a more composed liar. I suppose that's true. Was that Wait, was that a sexist joke about her looks? Yes, we're gonna forget it, guys. Twitter is gonna come for us. I said nothing. I just want to be clear. I said nothing. So uh, I think we need to discuss in detail the content of the butt dial call yes. that Ron got while uh, Ben and Leslie um, were making Please out or whatever. You hung yeah. up before with Peter Ginsburg. Show and me this, Pelosi and this again. is how Eleanor Roosevelt would kiss. Uh, it's just. Okay, one. Why would Ron not hang up? Or at, at least like walk away from your phone. But I don't think that I don't think that he did answer. I, I think it's I a think voicemail. it went to voicemail, oh, voicemail and it recorded on the voicemail. 
because he played it back for her. Unless he has some really creepy settings on his phone, it probably doesn't record every call right. that he takes. Fair I, I will say, the, the Reagan-Thatcher roleplay. My God. <laughs> I think Ben does a good Reagan. That was pretty impressive. It's so uncomfortable. And it was a special relationship. <laughs> It's also just so spot on for those two characters. And just like, I can't. I can't. And then Ben is so bad at this. He just walks in and starts, you know, tickling Leslie without you know, not checking right. out the situation. Doesn't look around the room just in case creepy office guy had come back for his right. binders or something. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's. I think it might be my favorite part of this episode. It's so so good. <laughs> Because we all know those people too. You know what I also Who just do realized? Eleanor Roosevelt and Nancy Pelosi kissing in bed. <laughs> I just yeah. had a really great book about it was a fictionalized account of Eleanor Roosevelt's um uh affair with that woman. I can't remember her name. Clearly the book stuck with me. Yeah. Lorna something. Anyway, it was good. Um I also just realized that Amy Poehler and Adam Scott had to record that like off camera <laughs> and that probably wasn't the only take that they did of the whole thing no i i i imagine they just ran through a whole list of political figures like who can you do a, an impression of right yep. um seriously america show me pelosi again <laughs> november 8th election day um so that leads to Ben and Leslie trying to figure out how to not um, let on that they are seeing each other at work, which they immediately fail at within 35 seconds of trying to discuss it and are but, overseen. But you skipped Andy tr- struggling with his song. Oh, yeah. I did? You're the champion, little horse, and you're dead. <laughs> you're the champion, champion of death, death, and you're dead. <laughs> Maybe not so much death. Or dead. <laughs> See, you're already helping. <laughs> uh, yeah, but a uh, maintenance guy sees Ben and Leslie kissing, and then they bribe him because, <sighs> yes, I don't know, we're all bad at this, I guess. Well, but Leslie just won the MacArthur Genius Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Ben, for a second, doesn't want to go along with it. He's like, <laughs> eh... <laughs> We did, you know, I did enjoy between those two segments with the with the uh, worker at the at the festival or at the funeral, uh, John Ralphio and Tom mocking Jerry for not knowing the eight different shades of black. Oh yeah. Okay. By the way, guys, that's just me with all fashion. You know all eight shades of black? N- no, no, I'm I'm the befuddled one. It's, you're Jerry. It, you're saying you're the Jerry. Yes. It, when it comes to fashion, you're I the Jerry. Absolutely, nope. am the Jerry. Here on but, out. Jacob is Jerry. Okay. Great. I mean, Jacob was already the Jerry of this podcast. I know. <laughs> Wait, I but I'm glad you can explicitly Wait. say it. Is this one Jacob, of those... the Jerry never knows. Is this one of those rules where if you can't spot the Jerry in the room, you're the Jerry? Definitely. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not one of those situations. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, all those ribbons are black, though. <laughs> <laughs> There are different shades of black. There are. No, no, no. no. Just, just ask Apple to show you what the color space gray looks like. There's like 18 different versions of it. But then it's a gray. 
Then it's a dark gray. Not always. Sometimes it's sort of a light or medium gray. Okay, then that's not black. <laughs> I'm just saying. There are different cultures Look. that have far more uh, names for, for certain color sets than we do. And they can actually see differences in those colors. Look, not to say that the world is black and white, but black and white are black and white. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of shades of white. There are things that are similar to white. Mm, I don't think so. Bone. There's a lot of shades of white. Stone. If you ever go to pick out stationery for anything, you will see that there are hundreds of shades of white. And I'm not even talking about ivory. Whole separate thing. I'm talking about just white, white. There are still way more shades of white than you can imagine. Or or how many different kinds of black cars are there, right? There are different types of cars. No, no, but there there are cars (laughs) that are different colors, but those colors are all called black. Okay. I'm I'm clearly not Now, some of those colors may be a dark gray. Yes! I'm just saying, they're called black. Okay, what they're called and what they are may not be the same thing. A, a black by any other name would smell sweet. <laughs> that I'm was terrible. That. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> just cut it. <laughs> Look, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not winning this fight. Um, I just hope we can all be friends before I die. So, do we think that... I, I guess... It's believable that Leslie makes the kind of mistake in the moment where she bribes this maintenance worker. Like, part of me wants to think that Leslie is the sort of person and shows... I mean, again, there was, like, the fruit basket episode back in season one or two where they open up that fruit basket. And she is very aware that, like, that is a violation of ethics rules. Would she not think about the fact that sort of bribing this maintenance guy is an ethical violation. Is bribing somebody unethical? I mean, it's 2018. Who the fuck knows? But, like, back when this happened, I think so. I mean, what did... I I mean, she stands to gain, so there is a quid pro quo element to this. Right? Right. Like, she, she stands to gain from the bribery, so yeah, I definitely think this is unethical. Of course it is. That was not an actual question. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there. There's no third rail anymore, okay? No one knows. Um, either way, they put on this little Sebastian funeral. Entertainment 720 does a video with... Uh, what accent is that supposed to be? Pretentious. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's quite the pretentious and important voice. It's, I was going to say he's trying to be Richard Attenborough in the Planet Earth series or something. I, I was going to say it sounded a lot like those monologues from the opening of Heroes. Oh God, don't make me think about that show. Okay. I just kind of feel for Chris Traeger having a way too emotional reaction for it in the audience. <laughs> I have full on been that person in like random situations, just too yeah. upset by the video that's not supposed to be that moving. I will say, this is the first time I noticed that many of them are wearing those little Sebastian armbands. Yep. Like, I don't think I'd noticed that on any previous watch. But we did miss the appearance of, uh, we skipped over the appearance of Little Sebastian's owners, 
and two close friends, one of whom was a lover. I, yes, I did skip over that. Because <laughs> a horse just poops on the stage, and that's the only thing that I <laughs> remember happening there. Uh, they do ask for donations for little Sebastian's favorite charity, the Afghan Institute of Learning. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I, I assume that's a that's like a, the kind of horse, <laughs> not just randomly funding <laughs> Afghanistan schools. I, you know, it's a good joke either way. Either so. way, it's probably a, a reasonable charitable cause. Right. right. Um, I liked uh, John Ralphio's final pitch to Tom, is that you're Thelma and I'm Louise. <laughs> Don't live your life like that cow from the video. <laughs> well, he was a horse because he followed his dreams. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good. I mean, again, I hate this plot line, so I'm not psyched about it, but yeah. it's I don't hate John Ralphio the way that Kirk hates John Ralphio, so I'm not upset to have a little more John Ralphio around. But I, I, John Ralphio is best, is, you know, a, a one-handed, a one, da, 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 da. John Ralphio is a one-batter left-hander you pull out of the bullpen for one batter a game. He is not a uh, central character. Agreed. You know who else is not a central character in this story but does make an appearance? is Dan Quayle, who got to meet little Sebastian. (laughs) He's in the video. Really? Yeah. Man. Makes sense. It's Indiana. Right, 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 right. Oh, Dan Quayle. Remember when he spelled potato wrong and we shunned him forever? <laughs> Are you saying that standards have slipped? <laughs> a bit. A bit. Um, then we get a song that I legitimately find stuck in my head just in life. Like, sometimes I'm walking around singing. Can, can we talk about how this is really kind of when Chris Pratt becomes a star? This like, moment? I, I, I kind of like, said this before in the show. I feel like okay. okay. Well, so I mean, maybe not this moment, but like it, it is literally after this episode when he goes and starts filming other things. This is when he goes and films Zero Dark Thirty and Moneyball. Like it is this off season from. Um, no, you're a season behind. I'm pretty you sure? sure. I'm pretty sure. When, I, wait, when when was this episode? I wasn't listening at the beginning. When did this episode oh, air? Sh- you weren't listening because I didn't say it. <laughs> Just didn't say that part. So keep talking about Chris Pratt and I will let you know momentarily. So Moneyball came out on September 19th, 2011. Right. Uh. And this this episode aired in 2011, did it not? Hmm. Okay, I might be wrong. Yeah, I think you're you're thinking about um, when he films Zero Dark Thirty. Got it. It it it, got it. Moneyball comes out after this, but certainly would have been filmed before. Okay, that is though. Do you think they filmed Moneyball a year and a half before it was released? It's not exactly a special effects extravaganza. I I definitely think they didn't because it was a super troubled production that went through like three rewrites um, and had to be completely redone at the last minute. I, I, I believe. We did, did we see Moneyball together, Kirk? Yes, we did. Are you the person that I turned to and said, wow, that was like the West Wing, but baseball? Yep. yep. 
So filming began in July 2010. Filming locations included Fenway Park, the Oakland Alameda Coliseum, Dodger Stadium, and Blair Field, while studio shooting took place at Sony's Culver City Studios. So he would have filmed uh, Moneyball in 2010. Hey, guys. Fair enough. This episode of Parks and Rec originally aired on May 19th of 2011. It was directed by Dean Holland and written by Dan Gore. Yeah. It, it, is Holland the dean of the liberal I'm arts Jacob. college or of the whole university? Uh, I think just the liberal arts. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that, everyone. Hey, let's get into the episode, guys. All right. All right. So... What I don't understand is so Leslie, like, and Ben sent this one guy home and said they cover his stuff. But how did that then lead to them swapping out presenters? Like, did they take one of the presenters <laughs> and have him, like, put posts into the ground or something and thus had to replace him? And that's what caused everything to collapse? It. It would have to be the case because it also doesn't make any sense that Ron is immediately able to figure out that something happened because somebody caught them. Like, that's just a little too cutesy that he could catch well, up I mean, to they that. are acting pretty, uh, pretty weird. Can, can we get into Donna reading the Italian for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak Italian, but I have a pretty clear understanding that neither does she. <laughs> just, just her turning and looking at them with the, why am I doing this look? Uh, yeah, no. It, this, by the way, all of us who run political events or, <laughs> like, have ever had to help put on a state convention or something, like, we have all had this stress dream. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was pretty rough to watch. Um, Ron does a great job, though. I've cried twice in my life, once when I was seven and hit by a school bus, and once when I heard this morning that little Sebastian died. Can, can we talk about his weird solo march to the uh, <laughs> to the lighting of the flame? I feel like it was our message. I feel like in <laughs> rural Indiana at a funeral for a dead miniature horse, there is absolutely some guy doing a like solo to formal march somewhere. Oh, all right, all right, your coastal elite vision of the middle of the country. Didn't didn't they refer to this as being an eternal flame, though? Like, are they going to <laughs> that lighter perpetually... <laughs> no, but was, was the original intention to perpetually provide this giant disc with sufficient propane to burn constantly? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, is this is like an Olympic torch size, you know, display of fire? <laughs> and, and, and by the way, and it's not like the, you know... Old torches for the Olympics all stay lit forever, either, right? Like it's it transfers. So right. maybe maybe it was intended to be uh, moved, like the Olympic torch. Yeah, I, I I don't understand the the logistics of this, and I feel like we should have had a whole episode that really went into that, so that it was clear what was going on. Pyrotechnic logistics. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a feeling we're going to have a whole second episode when we get to the end here. <sighs> <laughs> and the lighter fluid, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and it burns off Ron's eyebrows. So, did I ever tell the story on this podcast of how my friend and I accidentally made a bomb once? I, 
I don't think so. However, as your attorney, I would like to say, should we think about this before we record this? It was pretty minor. The only people injured were us. Actually, just Todd. So (laughs) it wasn't, we didn't accidentally make a bomb. We accidentally had a bomb explode in our face. Um, we wanted to blow up a Star Wars toy, so we ground up the, the fuel from a bunch of model rocket engines into one of those little individual-sized milk cartons and put a uh-huh. string in, uh, into the <laughs> spout that went down into the, into the explosive and lit the string. But when it burned down into the carton, the wax of the milk carton sealed behind it because it melted. So we sat there watching, and nothing happened. So my friend Todd... We were like hiding behind a, a log. Went went up to the little thing and picked it up and said, "It's really hot." Oh no! So, <laughs> so he took the uh, the Admiral Piet figure off of it because that's who we were going to kill with our bomb, and opened the milk carton. And if you ever saw the movie, uh, was it the what's the movie with the fire? Like, is it back backdraft? Backdraft, yeah. Like a fireball flew out of this little milk carton <laughs> right into Todd's face. <laughs> and it burned off all of his eyebrows. Boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. His, his mother was not happy with us. No. And from that point forward, we were limited doing things like building model airplanes out of Legos and yeah. then throwing them at brick walls and recording it so we could watch it in slow motion. No more actual explosives for us. Yesterday, my kid ate his peanut butter jelly sandwich into the shape of the Millennium Falcon and then held it up and said, Look, William Falcon! And Carter nearly cried. Sorry, just reminded it's, me it's of that, that proud story. proud moment. Yeah. Uh, that's I a good I story. I liked your kid. Yeah. Um, all right, so in a very similar fashion, Ron's eyebrows are burned off. <laughs> like, that. he is seriously injured here. Yes! Like, his hair is all blown back. Like, his face is misshapen. How has right. Anne not said anything isn't this literally what her job is supposed to be is this one of the days when she's a nurse or something (laughs) yeah oh god but instead we worry about whether ben and leslie should limit their public displays of affection to outside city hall or not yes that is actually yes the answer is yes if you ever ask should we limit our public displays of affection the answer is always yes. It doesn't a, matter what your job situation is. A, that, and B, they shouldn't be doing this. Like, they, they really should... Like, look, I feel like if they reported that they wanted to have a relationship, there could be some sort of transfer of responsibilities. Like, Definitely. Right? Like, she could be put on a different subcommittee. I don't know how the Pawnee <laughs> government works, and neither do they. Like... They could just make something up. It's always better to ask for permission than forgiveness. Yes. There could also be, you know, best friend exception for Ben, right? Come on, Chris. (laughs) Everyone likes it when that's a rule. Best friend (laughs) exception. Um, Tammy shows up because... Tammy, too. Tammy, too. She wants to know if the, the carpet matches the face. Yeah. An hour ago, a fireball consumed half my face, and it was far preferable <laughs> to being with you. Go back oh, to the library good. where you belong. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk about 
April's amazing CD selling skills. Oh, yeah. She crushes that. Yeah. $18 each or $40 for the set. That doesn't add up. You don't add up. And then Kyle buys the CDs. Right. That, 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 which, by the way, that joke is the joke that Kirk will make to you many, many times if you hang out with him. That is not. I'd say your face doesn't add up. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, I'm just saying, Kyle appears to be paying their rent entirely out of his own pocket, given how much money Andy and April routinely appear to be taking from him. Right. But yep. April's going to become Andy's manager, which is much more important than wife. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I was like, you know, actually, in fairness, I mean, it's if his only, livelihood. I don't know. Having if only Yoko had become the manager, the Beatles would have stayed together. That's it. I mean, I don't know. I've had a manager relationship with people before. It feels more important than having gotten married. Katie's the only one here who could tell us. One I know. I was going to say, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've been managed. I guess I am now a manager. I don't know. I don't know. But you've been managed. How does that experience, you know, compare to being married to Carter? You know, I'm going to say that my marriage does feel more significant in my life as a whole than the times I have been managed by people. Ugh. Sorry. God, you're such a kiss-ass to I Big know. Donut. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's hard to put a brace on free donuts. <laughs> but, Preach! <laughs> it's, like, it's right there in the name. Uh, so Anne goes to talk to Chris and... Tries to tell him maybe he should calm down on the push-ups. That 10000 in a week might be a bit much. Uh, 10000 in a life might be a bit much. Right. And so he That's decides... 1,400 push-ups a day. Good. I knew somebody would do that math 60, besides he's doing, me. He's doing, he's doing a push-up a minute. <laughs> I mean, you can do a lot of push-ups in a minute, so he could just spend like five hours doing a lot of push-ups. But I suppose. I mean, I can't do a lot of right. push-ups in a minute. I could back when I was, you know, But you 20. can do more than one. Yes. So. Give um, me some warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stretch. Gotta stretch. It's important to stretch. It sometimes does. It, sometimes the stretching takes hours. It looks like sitting. <laughs> right. Anne and Chris do decide to be friends at the end of it, though. Yeah. Yep. And Which then I... Chris looks at her as she leaves, as though he's not considering <coughs> his policy regarding dating subordinates right. in its entirety. Right, 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 right. I I did catch that. I am yeah. I'm good at the subtext, you guys. I do enjoy I also enjoy the horse themed uh, playlist that is playing in the back of this party <laughs> that they're having. I didn't the, hear it. Uh, well, well, one of them is wild the wild horses couldn't drag me away. Um and 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 then the other one is uh, uh I rode through a town on a horse with no name. But <laughs> it's it's entirely horse themed. That's amazing. It's it's pretty good. Um, okay, so then a thing happens that I feel like is so spot on and realistic that it probably doesn't bear the need for us to discuss it at all. Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? Nobody just shows up. It's like, we're just looking for candidates. You don't have an office in mind. Hey, you're kind of a leadership type person. You want to ever run for office? <laughs> okay. 
oh, okay. It's called a merge. And they do kind of do that with women candidates. But <sighs> William Barnes works for a merge. I'm I'm not arguing that these these people are an accurate representation of a merge because the other problem is anybody who is showing up has something that is animating them to show up. They do not just want you to run for office yeah. because they have no ideology or belief that more women should be elected. Exactly. Or, like, there is some animating figure. There is not just an all-powerful establishment that welcomes you in for no goddamned reason other than you belong in the insider crowd. That okay. is not how any of this works. You just cost us all our Bernie bro listeners, Jacob. <laughs> I'm sure seriously so fine if, if this was if this was the Pawnee Democratic Party or something yeah I could see that but this is like we don't even know what you want to run for there's all these options and what are you interested in what are you thinking about so, you just seem like a good person and maybe you should run for office perhaps there should be groups of people like this that go around encouraging decent people to run for office at local levels but it doesn't happen. Right. That's so, not how it works. Well, right. As the person who literally does this. Right. As for, this is your job. <laughs> I, I am this dude. Um, but, like, for Democrats in the state Senate, right? Like, you go and help, you know, talk to people who you think would make interesting candidates. There is a part of this that is interesting. But um, the part where, you know, they're not people from the Democratic Party or people... Who, or, or Emily's List. Right. right. Like, there are a lot of organizations that do stuff like this, but it is one of the frustrating things that TV shows do in an attempt to be, to have no partisanship or ideology or fucking beliefs about anything, that everybody involved in politics is just there for power, and it is part of what leads to the cynicism about the frickin' process is there is not an establishment that is an establishment Establishment to be the establishment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, these people don't even ask a single question about where Leslie stands on any particular issue. Right. Right. There's there's no vetting going on here. It's, yeah. It's it is it is weird. And this little group is gonna get weirder and weirder in how oh. they operate. Okay. <laughs> and, and and I also want to get into like as somebody who helps, you know, uh encourage uh people to run for office, like you don't have the conversation about, hey, tell me anything wrong that you've ever done in your life that could be a liability in a campaign the first fucking time we've met. Right. That's you, also, not you also don't have that conversation with five people. Right, in the in room. room. <laughs> right. You know, and that is usually a conversation that happens between the candidate and either the eventual campaign manager or the consultant who's running things and maybe an oppo researcher. Like, that is it. I do like that the speech about coming forward and being ethical is how it plays in 2018. Like, watching it is just like, oh, this is cute. <laughs> if, yeah, if, if these folks are, like, Republicans, they certainly fell asleep at the wheel in 2017. <laughs> or 2015. 2015. So, so we, we just agree, like, the show has no idea what it's doing, and these people... It, do we think it's a badly written version of the party, or do we think they just have no goddamn idea how politics work and don't care? I think probably closer to the second. I think they almost probably, certainly. Yeah, they're 
envisioning a process like this and didn't really think about how it would be party specific and how it would be like these are people that Leslie would know you know they're people that would have already like been involved in local government would be around at the same events that Leslie is at that it wouldn't be just a band of strangers coming to her it would be like oh the you know Jacob's gonna come talk to me now about this right right yeah, and, and they literally just show up unannounced. Right. Right. At a party for a funeral. <laughs> okay. But they were very impressed by the fireball. I mean, who Which wasn't? is good, because it was planned. <laughs> also, Tammy One is in Ron's office. But not yet cast. And Tammy Two is scared of her, which, what kind of hell spawn must you be to scare Tammy Two? Yep. Right. Um, I think that's a good cliffhanger, like heading into the season four. I think that was thank good. you. Yeah. And clearly, they uh, they knew they were coming back for season four in advance. Yes, this is this could not substitute in as a series. Finale. No, 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 no. Um, unlike some of the ones that we've already seen and ones that are to come, this was very much done as as a cliffhanger. Um, and we see the Entertainment 720 headquarters, and it's ridiculous. Except that I really like those little couches with the ceiling. <laughs> uh, I, I hate everything about that space. I know. It's terrible. I don't, like, actually want one of those in my house. I just think it would be fun to, like, lay on it, one and read it. I, I do enjoy Detlef Shrimp being there, though, and, yeah, block, and blocking Jean Ralphio. Yeah, not even caring. Like, yeah, fire me. I don't care. Like, Tom wrote out a business plan for this company. Are we to presume that it was this stupid, or does he just have no self-control and he's not sticking to his plan? I think probably more the latter. Yeah, I mean, he does he does know some things about business, but I also feel like we might be watching him learn a lot of those lessons right now, so I don't know. I don't know if he really does know. I guess it's good to learn on, a, on other people's money. Yeah, so. I mean, sure. And if... if Funds run low. You can always just throw John Ralphio in front of a car again. <laughs> He's willing to do it. Uh, yeah. No, it's just the, the whole thing. It's just <laughs> yeah. No. And, and 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 in twenty even in twenty eleven, like just the straight up sexual harassment of John Ralphio to their employee just isn't funny. Yeah. Like I I remember just feeling like it wasn't funny at the time. I like I. The yep. writers kind of have miscalibrated on on a lot of what they've done with Tom, and I think we're seeing it more now, but, like, I, I think we saw it then, too. And I think we just kind of forgot because we like Aziz Ansari so much, generally. And it could be that as we move later into the series that they move more of the noxious elements of Tom's personality over to John Ralphio, right. and... Uh, Tom becomes a better character. I mean, I think that is my recollection. I guess we'll find out as we continue on. I mean, maybe we're getting pretty deep into it. Though, I know, yeah, I we keep saying. Like, uh, it gets better, <coughs> and it kind of hasn't yet. Yeah, the Tom, Tom really remains obnoxious for a long time, and I had forgotten that we go so long without really doing too much to redeem him you know i mean there's moments here and there but like it's not it's not all great i will give john ralphio credit though he was right um they are going to be thelma and louise together if this is how they're going to handle their finances (laughs) it's true all right 
so if you want to write us and learn more about how people are recruited for office, you can email us at icetownclowns at gmail.com. You can go on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash icetownclowns. You can tweet at us at icetownclownpod or go to our website, www.icetownclowns.com. So we're at the end of season three. Thank you so much for being with us this entire time. Uh, in four weeks, we'll be back for the season premiere of season four. But in two weeks, we're going to be doing a special off-topic episode that is to be announced because it is to be determined. So between now and two weeks from now, as you're just waiting in anticipation to find out what we're going to talk about, uh, go out, review us in the iTunes store. It really helps us uh, move up in the rankings. Tell your friends about our show and, you know, maybe go back and listen again to the awesomeness that was season three. You've been listening to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast about parks and recreation that we are at the end of, and that end is now.